Welcome. Happy, happy 5th of July. How's it going, Nick? Fireworks. Fireworks? Mm-hmm. What did you do yesterday? I'm still hearing fireworks Did you bring ears. me leftovers from your family get-together? I didn't have a family get-together, oh. but I bought you plenty of leftovers. <laughs> I had pizza. Pizza? Mm-hmm. Really? So anti-patriotic of you to not celebrate for the Everybody's July. on vacation. My whole family ditched me. I'm all alone. You're abandoned? No one likes you? Nobody. Hmm. I wonder why. Truth comes out. Truth comes out. It is a busy, busy summer market, though. We were still writing contracts and getting deals done, despite the fact that we thought we were going to get the day off. Um, how, was it busy for you, too? Your lender's still getting calls? I just started ignoring emails yesterday. You started ignoring, you can't ignore emails. Oh, I did. <laughs> You'll all hear from me today, though. I'm you, back. I'm alive. You're back? Yep. Getting lots of calls about what's happening in the market. And, of course, we work very hard to find you that special property that you've always wanted to own. But today in the studio with us, it's Return. Return of the Mac. You want to introduce? <laughs> Return of the Mac. Return go of ahead. the Mac. <laughs> <laughs> you already did it, so go ahead. How's it going, Mr. Korea? Oh, my God. It's amazing. What a great summer. Is it? Oh, it's been awesome. How's it been for you? How are the kids? Oh, the kids are terrific. We were at uh, Lake Geneva over the weekend. Nice. Oh, my God. It's good to have good friends. Everybody goes there except for me. No oh, one's ever invited me to Lake Geneva. No one likes Nick, it. we didn't know you were home alone. We would have brought you along with us. Home alone, yeah. just like Macaulay yeah. Culkin in the movie. You've even ridden shotgun. <laughs> you can only imagine the, the kind of trouble seat. he gets in when he's alone. But Mario, the boys, how are they? Hockey, baseball, what are we doing? Oh this my summer? god, we're doing we're doing a bunch of stuff. Although I'm I'm you know, there's this thing called summer loss where we make them do homework. What happens is kids Do you uh, hear that? That's we, crazy, right? We make them, they they they're like in rebellion. Okay. They're like in Santa Barbara. So you're making your kids do homework in the summer. Like a, like 20 minutes of reading and That's 20 minutes of math. That's what happens your dad's an attorney. And you and you and you th- and then the, the rest of the like the other 14 hours <clears> a day is like complete free time. You are an <laughs> evil, human evil. Being, <laughs> so evil, being, right? evil human being. I'm an evil human being. You are an evil human being. I was talking about day camp. I don't know trips. I heard you guys were at Six Flags. Come on. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we we were at camp. They, every time we're in a during camp. summer vacation, you're just an evil. <laughs> you. I'm gonna just. I should just leave the show right now. You're just an evil human being. We're gonna be doing hockey camp. We've gotten them on other camps, but they every time I put them in a camp, they they have like they they, they hate it. They they have uh, attention deficit disorder or something. I mean, they <laughs> they want to be home. They want to be home. They want to be on their iPads. It's or their so much more fun at home, of course. Great family man, Mario. It's a pleasure to have you back in the studio. Hey, great to be back. We wanted to uh, share with our audience how to protect our assets. What is the best way to do it? And it's a great, quiet Fifth of July day. Everybody's back. No one wants to be back in the office because they are still, you know, tired from yesterday. Yeah, but it's a great time to start thinking about it because when you're thinking about investment, when things are going hot in the market, you want to make sure that you don't that you protect that little the, that that those resources that you're putting together. You know what I'm saying? You want to make sure that your hard work stays protected so you can keep on enjoying life. For sure, and I don't. Th- I think that most of our clients don't start to think about that until we get to the closing table and they start asking, "How are we going to hold this asset? How are we going to protect it?" Of course, your home sometimes is one of the biggest assets that you own. So why don't right. we start there, Mario? Tell us how do we protect our protect you know, our real assets. 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 Sorry. Well, the way first off, the way the way you own it's a big deal, and one of the big issues I see, especially for married couples, and I see this. I, I, what I do is I get to look behind the hood, and I say about. 20% of the time, what I'm finding out is the home ownership is not protected in the, when they're married couple. It's not protected in a special way. I'm going to talk about that special way. All right. okay. There's three ways for a married couple to ho- own property. Okay, 
The first one is Tenants in Common. Okay. Oh, we're which, getting some uh, real estate 101 here. Tenants in mm-hmm. Common. Yeah, so the joint tenancy is the second. The only difference between joint tenancy and tenants in common is tenants in common just means it's like a, like a stock certificate or something. It's just what, when I die, it goes pursuant to my will, doesn't go to my spouse or whoever I own it with necessarily. Okay. Joint tenancy is almost like a joint bank account. You know, either one, one of us dies, the other one gets it all. That's joint tenancy. Ooh. The cool thing, though, and the big mistake that I see, and I see this around 20% of the time, and for those out there, maybe you're not making that mistake, but you got to make sure your parents are owning the property the right, right way, too. Because I do see this quite frequently, quite, quite frequently, is they don't own it in what's called tenancy by the entirety. And I'm going to tell you the benefit of that. Tenancy by the entirety is when the, it is asset protected, meaning that if one spouse has an accident, if one spouse gets sued, if one spouse commits fraud, if one spouse does something wrong, they don't touch the asset of the other, ho- the other spouse. What does that mean in practical English? It means one spouse can go bankrupt and the other spouse keeps the house. That's what that means. So, so what would you recommend for a young couple that is newly wed and they're just buying their first home? Um, you know, obviously the wife is really excited. The husband's really excited. We do not talk that. about prenup agreements or anything like that. Uh, but we both want to be on that mortgage. We both want to be on that mortgage. We're going to do tenancy by the entirety. And where their risk factors are going to come along in the future is what's going to happen is they're going to refinance that property. And they're going to sit with a broker. And sometimes that broker is going to tell them, listen, your score is, you know, the wife's score is tr- uh, credit score is terrific and the husband's is mediocre. It happens so all the time. It happens all the time, right, Nick? Mm-hmm. And they'll put the uh, house in one of their names. Right. Primary, primary. So what do they do when they put the house in one of their names? They're taking it out of tenancy by the entirety and they're putting the house in one of their names. What's happened to our protection that Illinois law grants us? We lost that protection. Now, Nick's, I know Nick, because Nick and I have talked about this offline, and he looks after his clients, so he'll make sure they put it back in tenancy by the entirety. But I know a lot of mortgage brokers who don't follow through like that. Yeah, I personally, I try to suggest never putting both people on the actual mortgage note unless it's absolutely necessary. That's a really smart reason because, for us. Which is totally a different, different reason from above and beyond title and, right. and entity, but... You know, liability is liability. I have to look at the liability first and foremost. And if you don't both need to qualify the loan, right? you just want to always protect one in case there's something that happens. I mean, look, the crash happened. We protected a lot of husbands or wives by not having them on the mortgage for just unnecessary purposes. Right. I love that. So now we're but talking about two it's things. It's a whole different thing. The, the mortgage, mortgage is one thing, mm-hmm. yeah. and the debt and the liability is one thing. And then title and, and you know, title, is, in my opinion, title means more than the debt. Right. It's actually, and, and, and you could actually marry the two ideas we're, we're tossing about now. Nick is talking about liability under a note, right. and I'm talking about asset ownership. There's actually a law that says, there's a due on sale. I don't want to get too sophisticated with this due on sale clause conversation, but you can do your loan with Nick, mm-hmm. get it on one spouse, right. come to my office, and then we'll put it in tenancy by the entirety after the loan, and that will not trigger the due on sale clause for Nick. Right. So you get the best of both worlds. You both now you've got the house that is the note that's only exposed to one spouse. Correct. So now you're you're the all note, set you mean there. Mortgage as well, right? And now you come to my, come to my office, and now you have it in tenancy by the entirety, which is protected against the liability of both spouses. Wow! I so how do you handle this when you, you, you have? And typically, what happens? Title. You go back to you you go back to the standard mortgage lender. You refinance the house. It's one thing you can call someone like yourself and prepare yourself on how to buy the house. Right. But it's another thing when you do. 
You know, you don't need your attorney to do a refinance. No, and no, no. so, you know, people just, like you said, they call their mortgage lender, they refinance it for whatever reason, rates got better, right. cash out is required, whatever it might be. Um, how do, how should they be going in and telling the, at least the mortgage, uh, the loan officer, how to prepare this? Because most loan officers are going to say, okay, are they married? They're tenants in common. Or, right. You know, and they're going to list both the husband and the wife on the Tunnel 3 just in the title section. Right. But right. they won't put the, uh, one of the people on the loan as a liability. No social security number, no, no qualification ratios. They're just there because they're identifying the spouse. Right. And they're right there on page one of the, applica- page one of the application, right, as who that other person uh, of interest would be. That's not being done correctly is what you're say- saying, though. Well, yeah. Because the I'm, title company just take it and say, okay, well, Illinois state law, you're they're automatically – Okay. They're all correct. It's just a matter of how much you want to protect the other spouse yeah. and how much you Cause, know, cause freedom we, you want to have over the property, correct? Right. And what, 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 in my, and Nick, you're going to have more experience than I am on the mortgage side of this. But in my experience, with the with because, by the way, what mortgage companies want can be different. I mean, that's what the law requires, which is a lot more expansive than what mortgage companies are doing for business purposes. But what I've seen historically is that the mortgage companies want the loans to match the title to match the owner. So, and maybe the people you operate with, Nick, are different and are a little bit more flexible. But what I've seen is that if they're going to put one person on the loan, they're going to want title to be in that one person's name. They're not going to want to see joint owners. Mm, if they're married, they're going to want the wife. The title company is going to be pushing for the wife to be on title as well. Okay, they're going to be put not not to waive title because they'll, they'll want her to waive. They'll want her to waive you can waive, up, it waive you, homeowners exemption. Right. They're. But most title companies will just traditionally put them both on title. Okay. That's the best of both worlds then. Right. If they'll put you both on title in tenancy by the entirety and let you do the loan with one spouse, that's the best of both worlds. That's what we're talking about. I think most everybody feels comfortable doing that. But I like the fact, let's go back a little bit between you know what you said about tenancy in the entirety and joint tenancy. Right. You, always re, you always recommend that we do entirety, correct? Right. And right. that's because if I were to pass, then my property goes to my spouse right. 100% of it. Right. Versus it going to probate and having to be figured out as to how the will is going to be executed. Right. Well, the thing what people don't realize is, First off, joint tenancy and tenancy by the entirety. The big difference there is what you see in bankruptcy court. In joint tenancy, you can you, if if a house is owned in joint tenancy, you can sever a creditor can sever the property and force the property to be sold. Joint tenancy is only transferring upon death. Tenancy by the entirety has this lifetime protection that you cannot sever the marital property. It's a special asset. It's only available for married couples, and it's actually the the public policy position behind it is to protect the marriage. So you're saying if someone's spouse gets drunk one night, runs somebody over, that's right. They've got a slew of problems, right? Um, but because it's in tenants in the entirety, right? The spouse that was just sleeping at home that night isn't going to lose, isn't jeopardized of losing their home. We're correct, absolutely. So and that's that why we're recommending that that's the best way to hold it, especially because, as you mentioned, Nick, uh, the mortgage and the title are two different things. And right. from a lender perspective, you guys are okay with just letting one of the spouses be on, on the mortgage, specifically because it, not just tragic stories like you like to take well, it to the next the level. Tragedy but is, the is like where this right? stuff really like comes one up. One spouse loses you know? their job, and then you know they right. go into financial hardship, and they have to. One of them has to clean bankruptcy, right? Right. Then they have to deal with the asset, which is you know the the one asset that they have, which is the house. Maybe they have credit cards or doctor bills and they're going to have to file bankruptcy then they can't they can the house is protected so the children uh-huh. and the husband and the wife they all have their home and all they have to do with deal with is the bankruptcy on the other stuff correct it's huge that yeah that's correct and that's huge 
and where, where the blind spot comes, I mean, everyone would agree that this is huge, but what I've noticed in my practice is when does this mess up? Like, you know, like you, you have a lawyer, you put it in, in tenancy by the entirety, and then what I've seen it mess up, Nick, and Nick, I'm glad, I, know, I know you're on top of this issue, but I know that not every mortgage lender is the same, right? Like, no. not every lawyer is the same, not like every no. realtor is the no, same. Some people just want to get the transaction done. They're gonna do There's hacks everywhere, man. There's <laughs> hacks right? everywhere. So, so what I see, what I see in those situations is they come to me and they didn't even know that they had this blind spot, this this glaring error in their title. And I'd be, and I would ask, you know, why are you owning it? And you know, you see the, the chain of title and you see it transferring to one person's name. And then you see it like stay there. a quick there. claim deed, per se? A quick claim. Yeah, the quick uh-huh. claim. Like, those are these less than reputable title companies. Or with those, you know, they're just going for the cheapest rate every time without considering other factors. Right. Um, and then I, then I see title get messed up. And I see it in one spouse. Like, it's no big deal. Well, you know, they'll get it. It's in my will. It's my, but, yeah, but you're not thinking this thing through. You're not getting the special protection that's free. It doesn't really cost anything other than a quick claim deed. Right. So... Let's just say you're a couple. You went and you did your refinance because you went after the lowest rate, and you, and you know the the loan officer there wasn't very experienced, and he just somehow this all slipped through the cracks. Is it this does. is this something that can be undone by yeah. visiting you, and you can restructure it all? A- ab- absolutely. I think that's what people want to know. Like, how do I know if I had it done right or not right now? And can they go to somebody and have it done? After the fact, yeah, and that, and that's and that's that's the really terrific thing about uh, there's a federal law that it won't even uh, trigger the due on sale clause. So you're allowed to put your spouse in title. And what the due on sale clause is is for people that don't know is what you're not allowed to do. And Nick can speak more on this topic than I can. But what you're not allowed to do is go ahead and transfer your property to somebody else and sell it basically in an installment note, right? Without because the mortgage, mortgage the mortgage has stuff in there basically that they need to know about anything. That's right. ha- transfer of the title. That's title. title and the, I mean, they People need to be notified. the lender is part owner of that right. property. They're investor, silent investor. That's why not uh, occupying the property, but mortgage for deed installment loans are typically not very popular unless the property is paid off. Because right. there's usually clauses in the existing mortgage that would prevent those from tradi- traditionally happen, happening. Right. And while those clauses are still there, and in theory... Uh, transfer to your spouse would trigger those clauses. There's a federal law that overrides those clauses. Says mm-hmm. you can, you're allowed to transfer to your spouse, um, and as long as you're, you know they, they, they won't trigger the due on sale clause. So the federal law trumps, overrides those uh, clauses in the mortgage. Hmm. Well, lots of information this morning, Mario. Another question for you. I know that a lot of people are now really interested in purchasing multi units because they want to subsidize, you know, get some income and also be able to subsidize that mortgage payment. When that. it comes to litigation, what? How do you protect yourself when you're holding this type of investment property? All right. Well, you know, um, asset protection is huge. I'm, I'm glad you bring that up. I mean, asset protection is huge. And there's basically what you do with asset protection. How do you preserve your estate once you start building a little bit of wealth? Is you put up different walls. You know, it's almost think of it like. Uh, like like a, a war or like like something like where you're putting up walls or defenses to protect your family. Talking about walls now. All mm-hmm. right, let's the, the first the first the first protection is always insurance. I'm not I don't sell insurance. Like a shield. Like a shield. I don't like walls. <laughs> or shield like a shield. Think of it like shields or defenses. All right. Okay. When 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 an attorney when you're being attacked, what what defenses do you put in place to protect yourself? Well. The most common, and I don't sell insurance. You know, what I'm saying I'm I'm a, I'm an estate and trust attorney. I did not sell insurance, and I'd be able to get insurance. Uh, when someone, when a family comes to me, and they and they. Uh, but they I'm just saying, going back to that example that you had mentioned earlier about you know protecting your assets. So if a tenant falls and tries to sue me, uh, you know what what do I well, have? Let's it, talk about those. Let's talk about those forms of protection. Right. The first form of protection we start with is insurance. 
The other form of protection that we want in addition to our insurance is we want to control the ownership of the property. The ownership of the property, a liability flows differently depending on how an asset is owned. All right. If I own an asset and somebody's injured on that property, I'm exposed 100%. Right. And this is why you typically see builders, for the most part, are always incorporating before they buy the property. Right. They're, not, they're, not, they're never buying under their own you, name. They're buying under their... 99% of the time, it's the they're address of the ego. property. It's Yeah, they're alter ego. They're like, oh, that's you know 1234 West State Street. Right, uh, but LLC. Here, but you're talking about and developers, so, right? Because these are two different mentalities. They're the most common to do it. Right. Well, right. but now most, but now most recently, everybody's buying two flats. It's like right. the best thing to do, right? Right. But these buyers are buying it as if they because they're going to own or occupy it. Okay. They're buying it just you know and holding it the way they would hold a residential property, not realizing that they're this has become an investment and also it's it's a company now because they have clients who are tenants. And right. we're going to have and to do so this again, by the way, because most lenders are not letting them buy as an LLC because a lot of them find it to be complicated. Really? To, right. Yeah, that's true. So you most have to lenders, have your name on the Most list. lenders want them to just do the loan traditionally right? and then do you know, go deal with whatever you want to deal with after that. Right. You know, They right. don't really want to lend to your new LLC. They want to lend to you. And, I, and, and this is the issue. And what happens is you go through a life cycle. So I see people in a life cycle. The life cycle normally starts with some a young family buying that two-flat, three-flat, makes it an investment property. Someone who's normally, like, organized like that and their sales are, you know, they're accumulating assets, they're in an accumulation phase of their life. Then they'll buy that second piece of property and that third. And then by the time, you know, a lot of times when I get them, you know, they, they've reached that age where they, they have these properties. A lot of them are paid off or mostly paid off. And then they start dropping them into LLCs, which is then you start seeing the developer. So what's, when is a, when Why is someone? Why do we have to wait that long? I mean, when would you the, advise me if I were to buy for the first time and I am buying a, a multi-unit, when would you advise me to go after I've closed with Nick or gotten my mortgage to would, go ahead and figure out my t how I'm going to hold title. What I'm going to do is I'm going to look at your asset profile. I'm going to look at your exposure. Okay. If this is the only asset you have, then, I mean, what am I, you know. Her assets know. are always exposed. So. <laughs> for the record. So we'll Just do a, we'll a cost-benefit analysis. Like, so if you, have, if, you have a, if you have a lot of exposure or assets that can be attacked outside of this asset, for example, let's say you have money in a, in a bank account or you have it in, other, in the stock market or you have it someplace else. Lots of it, Mario. Come on now. And then what Not I'm going to do, then I'm going to recommend an LLC. <laughs> then I'm going to recommend an LLC because at least here. we've lost. First, I'm going to recommend insurance because you should better have property insurance. Well, our and lenders are not going to do anything right. without insurance. Right. You're going to already have hazardous insurance. Then we're going to create an LLC for you. And then in that LLC, the LLC will own the property. So just so people so understand. So the LLC is better than the S Corp? Yeah, and, let's, and we can talk about that a million times. It is a mistake to put property in an S Corp. Straight up mistake. Yeah. Straight up mess up. I'll and give you the reason. Costly, isn't it? So you can so you can be sophisticated when you talk to your clients out there, when you talk to your friends. I like that. I'll Arm tell you why. Case. I'll tell you why. But let's just start with the rule. It's a mistake. Repeat it's after me. A mistake, a mistake to put it in your S corp. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Outside of school in the summer. Outside <laughs> of liability, we'll go from an underwriting perspective because I just had a relative doing a loan, and um, it was funny because they almost did it right, so mm -hmm. to speak. When you're lending and there's LLCs. Uh, we look at you as a self-employed borrower. We don't look at you as a quote-unquote property owner because the LLCs now, if they're done correctly mm -hmm. and the taxes and the you know revenues and the liabilities are all deducted from the LLC correctly, right. we will just take a plus or a minus and use that against your debt-to-income ratio. Mm -hmm. However, if you just have it titled under an LLC, 
but then you're forwarding all of it to your personal liability directly, meaning right. on your Schedule C's it has the address of the property and it has you know the, the taxes that are a deduction to you personally and the insurance and all this stuff. Right. Now we have to get into the whole debt-to-income ratio where we want all the information on the property. I want to know the tax bill on the property. I want to know the, the mortgage liability. I want to know everything about Income, it, right? Expenses. Right. But if it's truly done the correct way, and it sounds like the way you're actually saying it, and and the and the complete corporation is taking the accountability of revenues and liabilities. Right. It becomes much easier for us as mortgage lenders to underwrite you without having to have like ten different properties against your uh, real estate owned. Oh, schedule. I see what you're saying. I right. see what because you're those doing. are just corporations. So, like, let's just say a, a a known entrepreneur walks in and he's like, "Well, I own ten businesses. None of them happen to be real estate." We would ask him for all 10 businesses' tax returns right. and then also his personal and right. come up with an equation of income. Well, that's how we would treat those properties if they were done, as you're saying, correctly. Right. But when you do them all mucky and you have just your name on this one and you and your buddy's name on the other one, and all, all that comes down on you in a liability perspective, which sometimes actually kills your loan as well. Wow. So it's okay. not just protecting yourself from, you know— hazard if you will or life events it's also protecting yourself from buying the next one too yeah so the way you structure these and it's funny and i'm hearing you nick and what i'm hearing is the way you structure these is really going to impact your loan i never see see i i you know i I try to be holistic yeah you know but sometimes you don't see that side of the equation you know you do things correctly right you you get you create your llc um your llc is now the owner so what does the law say the law says you, you can only if something happens to you you can only sue the llc Right. So it basically becomes a bubble in which liability sits. So in your example, Carla, with the two flat, you put it in an LLC, then it sits within that LLC bubble. So now if you have this car, you have this bank account, you have these securities, you have this other property outside of that bubble, then when somebody has that fire, that, that outrageous event, or that life incident happens, and the insurance just quite, wasn't quite enough, or just as just as common is the insurance company doesn't want to pay out, so it starts fighting you on, on whether technically you were within the parameters of the insurance or not. But then you're within that. But at least your liability is encapsulated within that bubble, and you're not exposing those other assets. Let's take this a little deeper, though, because right. now you're 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 truly protecting yourself by forming a corporation, an right. LLC, that is going to be completely accountable for this other property, right? And therefore, you know that you're truly isolated. Right. Some people will look at that. Now, let's say it's a property that's got a nice little income stream. Right. And it makes you $10,000 a year in net profit when it's all said and done. So your corporation's earning $10,000 a year. That means it has money for, quote, unquote, profit. Or there is profit there. Right. So... Now I'm only speaking from some weird experience here All because right, I've seen weird, I'm one of those people weird. that have sued and been sued. You know, when you're when you're coming from the stuff that I've had to deal with over the years, right. um, you'll get people suing you because you looked at them the wrong way walking yeah. the, str- no, I, the street. No, trust me, I know. But do you need to be careful about how you're using those funds? Because isn't there an issue where if there is a re- commingling, piercing the corporate veil, right? If you're just you know, paying for your kids' T-ball lessons right. out of the LLC, right. does it make you exposed now? Right. That they, someone could still sue you if someone died on your property? Yeah. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Because you've commingled. You, they could you, pierce the corporate veil. They could, they're, yeah. Piercing the corporate veil. Although piercing the corporate veil is tough. They're, they're but it's several, doable. It's doable. It's doable. I think you always argue it. This is a funny thing. They try to pierce it on me. That's why I'm saying it. Yeah. They, it's they, brutal. They, 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 oh, it's doable. Um, I had a... Uh, 
But as long as you keep a bank account, we always tell you keep a bank account in the name of the LLC. Absolutely. You keep a bank account in the name of the LLC, and then you use that bank account to, um, for the operations of whatever but that But then you should be is. taking your profits as clean distribution uh, right. uh, against, your against your K-1, and that's right. it. You can't be using that property as your personalized piggy bank right. to right. paint your house that you live in or to make, uh, like I said, a T-ball lesson or, or, or a, a tuition payment straight from that account. Right. Now it's commingling. Now it's pierceable. But it's pierceable. Now let's talk about what pierceable. They, they look at multiple factors. You know, I've, I've looked into this area of law, too, about piercing. And, you know, you don't want to you don't want to be close to the gray line. Right. I mean, there's a gray there's a gray area and you certainly don't want to. But I'll tell you, the you're gray doing area. all this to be away from any line. Right. Right. So, so do it right. This is what do people right. need to truly know is that you do can really right. get screwed. I literally because. You so know, what happens if you pierce it and you do that? If well, you pierce it, they can say that you are one and the same of the corporation. You lost You're the no protection. Longer, you so have you no protection. Have protection. You, you lost the protect. You, you, well, you, the bubble popped. Just Remember? because of bad accounting? You've, your bubble popped. It's not because the, the bubble basically popped and then you're exposed. You put a bubble around your, your, your liability and you encapsulated it. And basically you popped that bubble and now you expose all your other assets with bad habits of not treating it like a separate entity. I had an overzealous scumbag ambulance chasing attorney back in the day. Tried to sue me and my company because he said that we were one and the same. Alter ego. Right. It was right. the same place. Nick Mimetti is XYZ Mortgage right. Company. And that's it. Right. And so I found this to be hilarious. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And then he, when you, you go through discovery, he was trying to find that one thing where I use it as my personal piggy bank. Right. Luckily, there wasn't. Right. There was something that was arguably could have been, but it wasn't. It was truly for Everything work purposes. And, and anything. Right. But I just lo- this is when I learned yeah. what piercing the corporate veil is. And we're yeah. over here talking about corporations and properties yeah. and this and that. And I'm like, no, what right. do you mean you could pierce a corporate veil? Yeah. And they're like, if you were using it in a yeah. commingling fashion, yeah. It, yeah. that LLC really doesn't mean diddly yeah. squat. Yeah. I mean, and they all look at other fat. They look at other factors. Wow, too. you've actually added to something amazing today. <laughs> I'm so glad well, you did. I'm didn't getting validation from him. I'm yeah, really not. Yeah, I'm yeah, not 100% no, no, accurate. Right. I'm just saying what I've seen happen. He's, he's, he's but right. see, this is another reason why it's so important for us to understand how to hold our properties, how right. to protect our assets. And oh, that's absolutely. why this show is awesome for us to be here, elevate your real estate IQ. Someone as smart and intelligent and knowledgeable as Nick Mamedi can also make mistakes. Just kidding. That was way too much, and I was just kidding on that. Uh, but, Mario, seriously. Um, well, what are the best ways? Yeah. What are the best ways to do it? Because we still didn't go back to, like, what is the difference between an LLC and an S-Corp? All right. So we said t- One's said more rule. expensive. And here's the Can trick. Can you stop but and here, let the here's attorney talk? Here's the trick. Here's the trick. Most people defer to S-Corp because it's just cheaper. And now he wants to be an attorney. It's the sad part. Most people defer to I S-Corp. I know that that's the, the answer, but the, he's the, the attorney. The, 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 the huge one is at death. The huge differential. Now, if you're going to take property and sell it while you're alive, then... The S corp is fine. Life happens. It's dead. But if it's you're gonna, if you're as you get older and as you're owning more and more property, what's gonna happen is you're gonna have a depreciation life on a piece of real estate over twenty nine point five years, thirty years basically. You're gonna depreciate that property. There is a there is something called a step up in basis. Those are accounting at death. terms for taxes. Step I up like in basis that. is huge. What that means is at the. In order to understand, let me give you a simple example because for you to understand the concept because for me to try to explain it using words is going to be overwhelming. When you buy a property, let's say for $20, $20 just use small, small numbers, $20, and sell it for $50, what's your profit? 30 30 okay? So that $20 is what you bought it for. In mm-hmm. essence, that's your basis. Now, let's say um, you take a dollar deduction every year from that $20 for depreciation. 
Depreciation is awesome. It's just a deduction. You take that depreciation, you take it for five years. So you take that 20 and you depreciate it year one, year two, year three, year four, year five. You start for 20, you subtract five. Where do we end up? 25. We end up from 20, subtract oh, from five. 20, 15. 15. 15, sorry. 15. We sell it for 50. What's our profit? 35. Because right? of the 30. Because of 30, 30 of the original. So our base yeah, has dropped. Okay. This is the rub. This is the rub. If I fully depreciate a property and I sell it for 50 the day before I die, I have $50 of profit. It's all profit. I depreciate it all at zero, $50 of profit. If I sell it the day after I die, zero profit, zero tax. Why? Because the tax code says the date of death value, whatever the property is worth on the day I die, is my new basis. So it re basically revitalizes my basis to date of death value. Shoots everything like a rocket back up. Huge deduction, huge, huge implications for somebody older. Huge tax implications. So let's talk about this. Say, uh, my family, my my father is per se dying, right? Deathbed. Right. And I, we have this property, and we have, you know, we're, we have a portfolio of properties we want to get rid of. Right. Are you advising then that we liquidate those assets post death, or you post death? Okay. Post death, and unfortunately, people try to do workaround so they don't have to pay so what they'll do is especially people in real estate so to mm -hmm. the realtors out there one of the quick fixes they might be inclined to do is say let's just put it in joint tenancy we'll avoid probate we'll, we'll put it in joint tenancy and that's a huge mistake or try to change do a quick claim deed and get that person right. out of the title and quick just claim deed quick claim the deed outside so, before father or father right in this example uh before father dies and don't yeah, be no. quick claiming at death without talking to an expert. Well, that's of course. The no, no, because distress, here, right? or here, here, here they really messed up. Because here they took a property that was about to get a step up in basis post death, um, and and I see this, I see this too frequently, mm -hmm. and we're talking about tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of dollars of loss by having it the wrong way. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Family losing wealth in the scale of tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of dollars. Just because of the way they... Just because of the way they, 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 tried to, to, they tried to do a quick fix. They tried to quick claim it. They tried to get around probate. They tried to do a quick fix. And they did it wrong. They just did it wrong. And then we're talking about like the extremes, right? We're talking about somebody's deathbed. We're talking about litigation. But what about when, say, our baby boomers are selling in the suburbs to move to the city because there's downsizing? How do you protect your asset at that time? Do you think that it's it's advisable at this point to start area or giving the property away to their descendants, or how would no. you? No. One of the, I mean, you could, but one of the best ways to give property away. First of all, I, I'm never a big fan of somebody giving away their assets unless there's a very powerful tax reason to do it. Unless, of course, they're really good friends and they want to be nice <laughs> and give them a gift <laughs> for their birthday or something. We are not friends. There is no gifts, so oh. don't roll your eyes and look at me. But the, I was the, talking about Mario. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're, we're friends, Carla. You're, we're not that good always, of friends. She's always asking for something for free right, for me, so I just want to get that out of the way. I was talking about you know, Mario. Well, you were looking at me like like I'm supposed to donate a condo Like to I was you. asking you to just go ahead and solidify. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I was talking well, about. Well, one of the biggest things actually people don't know about, and I was talking about this at the end of program I did for the Federal Reserve, is what? Illinois <laughs> does has a, a very special statute that says that you are allowed to do what's called spendthrift trust. I'm going to talk about Spend that. Very, thrift trust. Yeah, it's gonna. It sounds like it's a mouthful. Okay. And it's a simple concept. Okay. Gift is about trusts are just a way. Uh, trusts are are instructions you can put on property. You can you can hold something in trust. All it is is saying that you're holding it with special instructions. You're allowed to give a gift to somebody and say, okay, I'm going to give my kids or my grandkids this property. 
Okay, and you can say it's only to be used for, and then fill in the blank for educational purposes. I'm going to give them this money. They can only use it for education. Or I can only, I'm going to give you this money. They can only use it to travel. Whatever you want, whatever restrictions you want, completely valid and enforceable. You can, in fact, go as far as saying, I am giving this property to my children with the one restriction that it cannot be used for creditors and it cannot be used in, in the event of a divorce. So you can actually specify what it's not to be used for. Not to be used for. Now think about the implications of that as a business What if you have one of the bad kids that decides that they're going to right, spend well, the think, money? Well, think about this. Nick, Nick, uh, Nick talked about these lawsuits for piercing the corporate veil. And I have business owners that, that have had have faced these issues. And when you're and the and the more sophisticated you get, the more the bigger oh, you well, are. Course, I yeah. hate to say it. I mean, yeah. this is my client. I deal with big people yeah. with big lives. They come after you. They yeah. come after you. They they you're a big fish. Creatively. You're a big yeah. fish, and they're going to come after you. Nobody, Nobody sues a small fish. No one cares. Nobody cares. No one cares. That's just how I learned. I was always a medium fish. Even the medium fish get attacked. I was just a little fishy. Oh my God, it's Valentine's Day today. <laughs> so what they do is, with the, when when they attack the big fish, the big fish get are exposed. What happens is, it, it would be so much better to have that asset. Say, I mean, Nick, you 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 you'll, yeah. you'll be present to this. Wouldn't it feel great to have a couple hundred thousand dollars that you might otherwise own in your individual name held in trust, where no one can touch it, even in the event of a divorce, or find it, or find it's it? It's really hard to find those. Right, like it's just a trust number. So how do you know whose it is? But it's not even the land trust. It is literally you can disclose it to the lawyer. Here is the, the that personal injury attorney that was really coming after you. Mm-hmm. You could say here mm-hmm. is my parents' instructions. Here's the the money they gave me. Here are the accounts. Right. Here are the account numbers, and here are the instructions. And you can't do anything about it. And the instructions clearly say that I cannot pay your credit. Sorry, I'd love to pay you, creditor. Right. I'd love to pay you for this lawsuit, this frivolous lawsuit you're filing against right. me. But I can't use my assets because well, they're really not mine. They were my parents, and they put a restriction on it. But that's just it. I mean, that lazy hack. Look, there's ambulance chasers out there. So right. if you are somebody that's, that has something or some kind of a, a local status and people think you have a lot of money, right. they're, they don't usually want to pick up and sue somebody that doesn't have anything because they're not making any money. Right. So, you know, the, the easiest thing for any attorney to do is to look at a LexisNexis report. I think right. it's what the, those yep, things are yep. called, um, and find out what you have uh, as far as your cars, boats, houses, bank accounts, right. anything under your personal name. Right. So when you're walking around with plenty of things under your personal name, it's just, but this it's, it, you're an open target. Now there's ways to do it. And, there's and ways there's, to do it where you have those assets. You have those assets. You still have access to them. You still control them. You can still draw them when you want. Oh yeah. But they're not in your name anymore. So they're not accessible by those creditors. I like the way this guy thinks. So you're the boss of the account. You're the boss of the trust. I mean, you're pulling out as you need it. And these are specifically made for your personal living expenses. So that piercing the corporate veil that exists in the corporate world does not exist in the trust world when these are prepared. Right. So, gentlemen, you are talking about, like, ambulance chases, people that are out there to come and get your money. But what about, about the people that people. you allowed into your home and you share life with? Yeah, you actually divorce. share vows with them and you promise them forever and ever after. But then get something it. happens and there is no forever after and there goes that divorce litigation. I get so it. you were talking about, you know, family you were aired this amount of money or these properties. Right. Can your spouse go after your assets in that case? Your spouse, inherited property is not considered marital property. Okay. Right. But what happens is it's another level of protection when it's in trust. Even if they didn't sign a pre- prenup, though. Even if they didn't sign a prenup. 
So this is why it's so important when you give when you gift assets, mm-hmm. you put it in trust for your kids, because you want to make sure that those assets are protected. Now, what because what happens is they can go after premarital assets for a few things. Let's say you don't pay your support, like or your maintenance, like you're supposed to. You can go after all assets. They don't care if it's uh, marital or non-marital. Uh, attorney fees. They can go after all assets. They don't care if it's marital or non-marital. Oh wow. Okay. okay. So you can go after those assets, but if you have it in trust, you cannot even go after those assets because they're not yours technically. They are the, they are owned by the trust. Right. Love it. And that's why you have to protect your assets. You have to know what you're doing when you purchase these properties or, of course, work with an estate attorney, a state and trust attorney that's going to help you navigate through this. And I want to make a distinction because people get confused in the real estate world between the difference between a land trust Uh and the type of trust I'm talking about, a living trust. All a land trust means is there's there's a code section in our statute that says banks can use a trust number and it helps keep the identity of an owner confidential. Okay, because you, you just have a trust number, but it doesn't have all these additional protections that I'm talking about. All that is is a way of holding title. What I'm talking about is more like a corporation, but for individuals. Right. There's a difference between hi- hi- <clears throat> excuse me. There's a difference between hiding, quote unquote, and being protected in plain sight. Essentially, right. you're saying what you're what you're able to truly do is you don't even have to hide it. Right. You're still protected regardless. Yeah. You're Some people are so focused on just hiding. not being known. Right. Which is which isn't a bad thing, but I would thing. if you my opinion do both. Right. Do both. I mean, Try to be well, hidden where you're and doing it, protected you're if yourself. it does come up. Yeah, right. you know? You're listening to Market Overdrive. We're here every Wednesday at 10 a.m. at WGN Studios. We're here to elevate your real estate IQ. Lots of information about real estate, what's transacting, what's going on in the market. You could always find our, our information at YouTube and info at market over, or email us at info at marketoverdrive.com. We do have some questions for our Facebook users because we are streaming live from both. Uh, you, we're YouTube and Facebook Live. Uh, we have a, a viewer that's saying, my home is valued over 550 My husband is the only one on the loan. My name is in the title. That's what you recommend? If your name is both on title, yes. Just make sure it, when your name's on title, it's in tenancy by the entirety. Tenancy it, by the entirety it's, is it's what you the language. It, you have to look at the deed for that language. It'll say, not as joint, you know, your husband and your name, not as joint tenants, but in tenancy by the entirety. Love it. Uh, the other question is, have insurance. What else can I do to protect our home? With um, a residence, is like what we're talking about, and I have to know whether they're married or not. And maybe insurance is everything, the only thing you can do if you own it individually. I mean, you know, it just depends. I don't want to mislead somebody. If it's just a regular home, I'm not going to tell you to put it in an LLC if that's the only asset. You don't have anybody else living there. You're not going to sue yourself. Just get good homeowner's insurance and an umbrella policy. Your issues now. You might have other issues, like if you have young children, maybe you should have some guardians set up for those kids in case something happens to you. But the house isn't the exposure; it's the exposure of you being gone. Right, and a lot of people, um, and this is kind of watering it down a little bit, but they they confuse the uh, mortgage insurance with the hazards insurance. Uh, right. There's just you know and the life mortgage insurance, insurance is, is just to protect the lender in case you default to <clears> the mortgage. <throat> Obviously, hazards if you have you know if you close at 10 a.m. <clears throat> if there's a fire in that property at 10:30, that property is now your problem, and therefore you have to go and file it with your hazards insurance. But right. today we're talking about how to protect title in case of a lawsuit or if you get yourself in a financial hardship. We do. Not that we're recommending that spouses, only one spouse be on the mortgage because you obviously have to be responsible, but it's the best way in case, you know, you do hit some financial hardship and then ended up having to I file it. bankruptcy. I mean, right. we were recommending that back in 2010, There's a lot of families I saved from right. that whole because they just wanted to be on the house because they felt like they were equally owning it. 
but I'm like, you no, you equally own you it. You equally the title. own the debt. Is yeah, all you're owning on the right. mortgage. I mean, I'm I'm the one here that should be worried about how many people we can go after in event of a foreclosure. Right. And I'm telling you that it's just unnecessary. And yeah, more importantly, you know, like you're a, the spouse is able to say, okay, fine, we we'll file bankruptcy, we lost that property in foreclosure, or unfortunately, um, or maybe you know, short sale, unfortunately, foreclosure. But the other spouse can then qualify for something, and you know, mm. you're not homeless or renting. Yeah, and that's huge. I mean, to the extent. Listen, every lender, except for Nick, because Nick really does look out for his clients, but every lender, most lenders, I should Did say every. Did he pay you? Did you? No. I mean, we're, I'll, give we're, I'll give you that 20 <laughs> after the show. Yeah, that's right. You're going to owe me today big. to your birthday? Can't be. No, 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 no. I mean, uh, they're, they're always looking to put the most people on the loan as possible right. because it they just get, it just mitigates risk. Right. You know, if I have, I'd much rather have two people to sue than one person to sue because life happens, man. Right. People, accidents happen. It might not be a fault, the fault of the person. You lose your job, it's not your fault. I mean, you right. know, you could have lost your job because of a down economy. Right. My advice to anybody listening to the show or watching, it, watching or whatever the case is, or just poking around trying to get information. I know a lot about this stuff. I'm nowhere near as versed as Mario, obviously, but I'm probably more astute than the average person. I get that. And I still get confused listening to you talk at times. Not because you're not explaining it well, going, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know this. It's I, I you know, so there, At some point, <laughs> you just need to cough it up and go see somebody because it's the yeah. safest way to really do it. Because there's things that, you know, we've done this show, by the way, more than right. once over the last three years. Right. You've been on the show ample amount say, of times. That's why I say, return to the yeah. Mac. And I still leave going, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. After every show, I'm like, right. oh, okay. So Me too, Nick. To man. those that think they're that smart, just get off your ass and go hire a true estate attorney that knows what he's talking about because you're never going to really have all the answers unless you are one. Yeah. I mean, you know, we wake up like, like in, all, in all our specializations. And right. the thing is we talk about is my job as an estate and trust ter- attorney is to point out your blind spots. Right. So what me and my team sit down and think about every day is, you know, what? And, and by the way, we learn a lot from our clients. You know, we see the different exposures and we read, we read about this and we think about this, how our families really attacked with risk. Right. You know, how can we use the laws to mitigate that risk? And, you know, you're thinking, how do I get somebody maybe qualified? How do I get somebody's right. dreams to be actualized? Right. How do I make that homeowner's dream happen? <clears throat> and you're thinking about, like, from that lens. Oh, yeah. I had to worry about my job later. Which right. is, you know, my job is to get you approved more right. than anything. Right. And if I don't do that, then I'm failing my job. So, right. you know, when we hit the LLC topic, I'm like, it's a, it's it's crazy to me because people, right. and it goes to show you that people are trying to do the right thing, yeah, but they don't follow it through all the way. It's right. still left, from my standpoint, it left exposure on the mortgage qualification. It wasn't done right. correctly by that CPA. Right, right. Maybe it was said to somebody or you picked it up from a buddy that says, oh, you got to put your properties in LLCs. And they... Did it partially correct? Yeah. But I can already tell you that that title or whatever else is going on is probably not pr- protected the way it should be. Right. And that's another issue. I mean, CPAs, a lot of CPAs, God bless them, will set up those, will we'll, we'll file the Secretary of State documents. To make, make 100 bucks. To make 100 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you end up thinking, like, and why are you doing this? Right. I mean, are you really, you know, are you really making that much money? You're just, you're, it, it just doesn't make sense. I don't give tax advice right um on a consistent basis uh, other than estate and trust issues i mean i'm not, i don't i don't tell businesses how what to deduct what not to deduct i'm not a cpa i, I am a cpa and but I, I, I give I, soft I advice when it comes to title stuff right but at the end of the day i don't feel comfortable acting like a, a 
a specialist is something that I'm not. Well, we can't, right. obviously, because we are I governed by laws and we have right. licensing. Well, they want to ask you friendly questions. Well, you can help yeah. a friend out with your opinions, but at the end of the day, it's like I tell everybody, look, well, I'm, gonna, I'm really good at one thing. Yeah. And that's interest and that's rates and fees and, and mortgages. That's it. You so. can't start advising anyone on accounting or any legal stuff because it's going to come back and bite us as, you know, licensed realtors. We can only say, you know, the health of the property and the investment that you're getting, this is how you protect it. And then, of course, we need to, you know, reach out to Mario for that. And what the cool thing is, is you reach <clears> a certain point in your career where you've done enough of it, where you've yeah. been in court enough, where you've done work with the laws enough. And that's when it gets can, real, right? And people think, ah, I don't need to deal with it. I only have one or two or three properties, and everything's a hot mess because they own it, like Nick said, with a friend, this one, and the other friend with that one. They went through a divorce. They've been there, done that. But you could still go back and organize the paperwork, per se, right? You fix that. You fix you it. I love it. that mess. You fix that mess up. <laughs> you love that mess. You it's love the that worst. mess. No, no, because for you know, accounting purposes, I mean, for the, everything. The more messy the situation, the second marriage, the, the 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 developer that has property all over the place, the more that they're accessing that creative side of our expertise, the more fun it is for the professional. I'm sure it is. You know, I'm sure Nick. I mean, you know, I'll do oh, standard estate plans all, all day long. It's not a problem. We have a team. We do it very efficiently. We do it very cost effectively. We can prepare an estate plan, that vanilla estate plan, all day long. Mario, I have another question for one of our Facebook um, listeners, Francis Savala. Now that I'm finally plugged in, sorry I didn't say your names earlier for your questions, but shout out and thank you so much for listening to us and sharing Wednesday with us. Francis Savala says, "I need more info. We have an eight-year-old who we went, who we want to protect by making sure she keeps our home when we are no longer here. Eight years old. That's right. great, right? Because That's a lot huge. of people seem to think, oh, we're so young. We just bought this. Our kid is, you know, not even high, grammar school yet or elementary school. Yeah. Like, what do you do? When All do right. you do this? Well, I'm going to do. I'm going to say. I'm going to. I'm going to. You know, without without knowing any of the details, this is a kind of a generic answer. First. First thing you want to do is make sure that they have enough asset, uh, assets available to raise that eight-year-old. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you do is you look at insurance, life insurance. Okay. The second thing you do is you're going to create a, a will where you name a guardian for that child. And that's when it gets really like muddy. Because remember when we were at the no other one wants station, to talk about we didn't stuff. want to talk about. We don't I don't want to want care. To want to like, Nobody's <laughs> dying, man. No one's dying. Well, you're going to want to name because uh, you know maybe I'm tainted because I get the back end of it when someone actually does die and then <clears> there's <throat> issues. But it doesn't cost that much. Just get a guardian name for that child. It's, mm -hmm. it's a will. It's a will that you probably won't use. Just get a simple <laughs> will. We'll get a name of guardian. And the third thing you want to do is you're going to want to create. You know what's a mess is when they don't <clears> have a will and they don't have these minor guardianships is I've seen one parent f die and then the other parent have to ask the court for money because there was no documentation done. So the other parent literally has to go to court every year and ask for money to raise their child. And you don't wow. want to put your spouse through that. It's hard enough to yeah. have a spouse die. And the it's, legal fees. And the legal fees and the cost. And the just the and the, the yeah, it's exhausting. I mean, every it's all work. It's work that was completely unnecessary. It's enough work raising a child on your own. So first, get those assets. Insurance, term insurance is really cheap. I don't sell term insurance. I don't think you're saying that, Mario, because you know we'll meet with an insurance agent who's going to sell us life insurance, and then we'll meet with somebody who's going to insure the the property, and then but no one talks about the estate family, the family planning for our children. Like, right. I, I know you're making faces, but like, you know, what happens if I'm not around? Like, if you're not gonna, around, we're going to or both my, you know, if, like both parents are not around. What is going to happen to the children? And every situation is different. We go down to the, depending on the <clears> package we do because we have different packages. We have a more economic package, and then we have a more, more robust package where we actually lay out step by step what's going to happen and depending on the resources we're talking about and the person's preferences will go into the package that fits for them 
but basically at the very core even in the most basic package we're going to we're going to name Mar- uh, guardians for that minor Mm-hmm. And we're going to na- make sure that that money that for that minor goes in trust and is managed by somebody the family protects. I'm just going to tell my kids the easy way. I am Lucifer. I will never die. Really? <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and that's why. See, just be nice to people because you never know who's going to take care of your assets and, more importantly, your children. My assets are protected. I don't have any. That, then that asset, then that asset, um, <laughs> what we would ghost. do. I'm a ghost. I don't <laughs> have a thing. Like I don't have a thing. Ghost. These aren't even my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> what we would end up doing with somebody like that is end up doing a, 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 you know, a will or a simple trust, and then we would end up doing a transfer on death instrument, which is like a deed, but it's a beneficiary designation instead. Love it. Great information, Mario. Are you done? Did you I like I take? you know this is you know one of those shows where I'm going to say it over and over again, you know, I don't want to sound cliché and constantly pump guests because that's not what we do. We're an educational format here. But at the end of the day, my advice is to call someone like Mario if you have questions because I feel uncomfortable when I st- when I leave and again, I I think me and Carla are pretty well versed across the map with a lot of things, but when I leave and I'm and I have to sit there and Sit, scratch my head and go, uh, Jesus, I might, I might need to take care of my own stuff right now. <laughs> it's that that tells like, me, crap. Like, that tells okay, me that 99% of the people watching, well, the truth is that tells me that 99% of the people watching probably need to make that phone yeah. call. Yeah. Well, it's not even that. You it's know? like we're, we're service providers. At the end of the day, we're here to cater for our clients, and we're in the busy day-to-day, and we talk about other people who are 9 to 5, and they never have time to actually think about their own finances, their own personal assets. You know, of course, we have people in the business who are flipping and rehabbing and developers. They may have talked to an attorney here and there who said, listen, it. they're all asshole. To, They're all over the place. You see some of them yeah, have their personal names on this property. Call me, and we're going to set it up as an, esc- as an LCS. Corp or whatever, right? You're not going to do it as an S Corp. Right, you're not going to do it as a, but, but I'm saying, like, if you're in the biz, you're already, ha- but for our, our our people who are watching us on Facebook or listening to us here, they're not they're not even thinking about this. So we want to incite some sort of, like, interest in letting yeah. you know that there's never any late time to do this. There's never any, man, I should have done this before. It's, you should do it now, actually. And it well, sounds you know like what? it's almost all fixable. Even if you did it wrong, it. Yeah. Mario can fix it. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's never too late, which is the beautiful part. It's not like, oh, I totally titled this thing wrong. Now I'm screwed. No, you can actually contact Mario, and he can undo it. Right. You know what? I could do a self-evalu. I have a self-assessment uh, toolkit that I can put on the uh, Facebook page. Free. Free. We like free. Free. Do you like free? I love. Yeah, free. we're cool. With this actually, is the Susie Orman thing. Actually, you know, it's like, oh, we Carla, got all these papers. What? We'll we'll let you post it for ten ninety nine a month. <laughs> oh my God! Stop calling you me like that. You need to learn how to make money. Stop it. I'm giving All right, you I'll post it on my website it. for free. That's <laughs> <laughs> a gift. There you go. There's, oh, see, you love how he, there's a loophole. That's how it's <laughs> you already you. missed the shot, Carla. It's all Whatever, right. Whatever, Nick. I don't need Thanks 29 No, I'm not going to charge you guys. I'm not going to charge you. My friends listeners to actually get some information. This is great. I mean, I have a lot of friends, right? It. Mommies, hockey. I, my, hockey moms and families who are, I want to give this to them. You're a hockey mom now? Yes. You are, your wife is one too. I know. Hey, uh, Gail! Shout out to Gail, sir. Anyway, but yes, I mean this is great for families who are thinking we're too busy to even sit down, and a lot of families don't want to sit down and have this conversation. Oh, I get it. 
right? I, I mean, it. you're in our circle, Dude, friends. I get All of it, us man. run around crazy with the kids here and there. So That's when do we, we stop? We do it. We we purposefully try to get it done within four four to six weeks. We wow. create a timeline. We we really pound through it, even complicated ones. We can try to do a shorter one for other families, but we really try to get that done within the four to six week period. We lay out all the dates because of that reason. I'm like clients are like, well, I want to, you know, I'm like, listen, trust me, I do this for a living. You don't want to think about this for more than six weeks. Love it, love it, Mario. When we were uh, working on the the show, you had talked about no cash flow, no. Oh, before the show, we're talking about, you know, what are the real risks as an investor buying something? And I, we're just talking about common sense stuff. We're talking about that common sense stuff of, you know, making good decisions. The first thing, the first level of decision and that Nick and Carla will help you with this one is, is the property a good fit for you? Can you really right. afford it? Like these ratios that the lenders make up. They're there for a reason. Mm -hmm. They're not making those up and pulling them out of thin air. They're in the business of giving loans. If they tell you no, that you can't afford a price point, you really got to take a, a deep look at yourself and say maybe the answer is no. Leave it you to can't Mario afford to come it. in here and pull people's ears and say, no, if it's not within budget, you can't afford it and you're not buying it. Yeah, I mean, Nick, yeah, right? Am, I, am I right? These ratios are there for a reason? They are. They are. And um, people don't want to understand that sometimes. You know, and it's okay. I don't. You know, it's not a dream killer. It's like, listen, you got to start making a new series of decisions. Right. You've got to start doing things a little differently. You got to make it an adjustment. Be a little bit more conservative, right? Just it's not about conservative. I think be more aggressive. I actually think the opposite of that. Really? Go after that dream. You know, if your job, you're only making so much. Give more value. You know, if you're not making enough, there's a reason that what you're doing isn't providing enough value in the world. Shift it up. Provide more value. Love it. PSA, especially now that everybody's getting these tax bills and they're seeing these tax increases, especially in Cook that. County, you know, you want to stay cognizant of your monthly payment, not just like the big overall, your approved for 400 It's more of like, what is your monthly carrying cost? What do you feel comfortable carrying? Lots of great information, of course, to protect your asset because we're here to elevate your real estate IQ. But, of course, this, this is about everything. This is about family um, and just, you know, first-time buyers or newlyweds or someone who's just buying and doesn't hasn't even been married yet. You want to learn how to carry, how to, you know, hold titles so that you can protect it. Yep. Any last words of wisdom, Mr. Mamadi, before we wrap up? This is one of those topics you should just go straight to an attorney, quit asking your buddies. This is not something you should just get soft advice from friends and family. You should just really go to a specialist on this. Mario, you're t thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I know you're super busy. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Carla. Thank you, Nick, for having me on the show. Thanks, as I, always. I invite everybody to see uh, CoreaLaw.com because I'm going to share that toolkit. I'll also give Love you it. a link to, so you can share it as for well. For free. For free. Free 99. Free 99. If you want the kit, which comes with? I'm going to put it in the kit. I'm going to do a self-evaluation toolkit. And I'm going to design it where you can see if an LLC is a good fit for you, if an estate plan, if a, doing a will is a good fit for you. And I'll put you through a series of questions where you can rank yourself. Mario, we need a phone number to you because we have somebody that's actually asking for it. All right. My number is 773-489-8500. Once again, get your pen out. 773 773- Four eight nine eighty five hundred. You can see I've done radio before, right? Love it, love it. No, we'll <laughs> actually post it on there as well. And if you have any more questions or you want to get your hands on that uh, kit, you can always email us at info at marketoverdrive.com. And, of course, if you're on Facebook, you can also inbox us, and one of us will reply. Hopefully it's not Nick because he's too busy. Mm -mm. And you got to go back and do all your bills. Nope. i got bills to pay today <laughs> for all the assets that I don't own. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Mario. Hey, and thank uh, you, close Thanks, out. Mario. That is it. You want to catch this show or any other show, you can obviously go to our YouTube channel at Market Overdrive, Facebook forward slash Market Overdrive. 
Website, marketoverdrive.com. And last but not least, we are here with the WGN Network for a reason because we're on their podcast, which is another way you can go to iTunes and download and subscribe to us on podcasts and get it every morning. I think it's every Monday morning it comes out, even though the show runs every Wednesday at 10 a.m. right back here on our Facebook Live feed. Once again, thanks to our guest, Mario Correa. Good to have you again, uh, even though I'm going to leave absolutely confused. <laughs> You're always confused. That is Carla Mina. I am Nick Mamedi. We will see you next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Thanks.